Go, my child. Educate the world with your podcast. I will, my lord. What the fuck? What a dick. This episode is brought to you by the Catholic Church. Touching young souls since forever. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. This episode is brought to you by Rainbow Smoke Vape. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by No Sleep. Yes. Yeah, I slept. Yeah, I slept four hours. Then I stayed up till like three o'clock last night, and then I woke up at. This episode is yeah. brought to you by my fucking headache. Yeah, fuck your headache, y'all. Woo. The intro for this, I, that shit slaps though. <laughs> that, fuck y'all, that hurt. <laughs> no, we. That was a really fun intro to make. That yeah, it hurt. was. Like, yeah. That dude has been an asshole since his divorce. <laughs> <laughs> he, Every- kicked, he kicked one motherfucker out. Now I think he can kick everybody out. Like, yeah. Uh, so me and my father do have something in common. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, ever since his son moved back home, he's just been... Bleh, 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 bleh. Yep. You, you crucify to- one person... <laughs> What'd you do to piss him off? I exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, if you're not aware, we're all going to hell. Just like my mama said. Planned on it? Devoted my life to it? Yeah. Like uh, in that documentary, Hell Satan, about the satanic temple, somebody screams out during one of the protests, you're going to hell! And the guy's like, I know, and I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> Oh, that guy was a douchebag. He was a hired actor. Yeah. And he he was just... God, he was a piece of shit. Yep. Anyways, uh, welcome to The Torn Page. This is our podcast, if you didn't know already. Um, My name is Casey. I'm the, I guess, host. I do most of the stuff. So does that make me a host? Is that what that is? We would all be the host. You just be the big boss. Like I've said before, <laughs> like I've said before, you're the producer. Yeah, you're producer. Yeah. Producer is the word I was looking yeah. for. I do things, and Joseph just makes jokes. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm Casey. I'm Dustin. I'm the artist formerly known as Joseph. Oh, that joke's been used so many times. Oh. <laughs> I don't but know who I am. Anymore. I don't. I no one knows. Uh, welcome, everyone. We are today. We have a nice. We're doing something different. I guess you'd say. Um, normally, we would just cover somebody, something uh, specifically, like when we did the Black Dahlia murder. Like one specific. It's subject. a. It's a specific subject. Today, I figured. I wanted to talk about family annihilators. Today is a coup de gras. Familicides, they call them sometimes. Um, and I figured, try something different. Instead of just covering, say, Chris Watts or uh, any of the main... I mean, Chris Watts comes to mind because it happened this year. That's why it's so popular. Or uh, Ronnie DeFeo. Yeah. Uh, that... We were t- we were going to talk about DeFeo in this episode, but there's so much of that with the Amityville Horror that... Uh, I'd rather cover that in a soul episode. That'd be, yeah, that'd be, that'd be really, itself, it'd be really cool. It'd be really cool to talk about because as well. that touches down on the paranormal aspect and the satanic aspect. Because he heard the, he heard voices. Yeah, it's much of do it. Do it. Yeah, 
So the, today we're talking about family annihilators. I'm going to go over some stuff about what family annihilators are. Like there's been a lot of studies on them and case studies from doctors, psychiatrists, stuff like that. Of Why do they do it? What compulsion do they have to do it? Uh, I wouldn't say compulsion because none of them are really crazy. I mean, some of them have been crazy, but why would you murder your entire family? And, we'll, and then we have a couple of like uh, examples, I guess you'd say. A couple, there's about four or five of people that have done this. And, you know, why would why did they do it? What were they trying to do? I, I know we'll touch down on it, but like for example, we have Chris Watts <laughs> up there on the Think Board today. Yeah, and uh, you know his life was going pretty fucking good, from what everybody thought. Yeah, like he had that. Job at the oil company. What was it? Ard, Ard, Ardwolfen. I can't remember the exact company. I'll I'll get to it whenever I get Birkin to that part Hayson? of it. I don't know. It was some oil company. Perkin. He he had money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and a, a beautiful wife and two children, one on the way, and he was just like, "I'm out." It's because he had a mistress. He did. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Was, uh, so, okay, well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. We'll, we're, we're definitely, we'll talk about Chris Watts. It's going to be the biggest part of the people we talk about. So I'm going to ask both of you, if you were like, if, if you could guess what a family annihilator looks like, what do you think they would look like, Joseph? I know a lot about this, so you know. <laughs> like, if you if you just guess and you're like, what is a like the stereotypical person? Like if you've never heard the term before, you would think that somebody like kicked in the door and went blah 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 blah. Yeah, like, but but of since we know what a family annihilator is, yeah, like, we know what they look like. What what kind of person does this? There, there's an actual, like, uh, the guy's name is David Wilson of Birmingham City University. He did a ton of research on it. He's the one that classified all the different classes of family annihilators. And he put this little sentence out, and he's like, this is, if, if you were to guess or try to formulate what a family annihilator, like, what that person looks like, what would they look like? Do you know what I mean? No, I'm not saying I mean, look like Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, if you had to, if you were like, if someone was like, what kind of person is a family annihilator? Every single time it's going to be like a 30 year old white dude. Yeah. That's, because, oh yeah. That's, that, that's, that's a family annihilator. That's the profile. Yeah. No, uh, the, profile the profile is, there you it's go. a 30 year old white dude. Every fucking time. And swear to God. Now, we're not being sexually biased because we're all men. It, there are women family annihilators, just more rare. So far of what I've looked through, I've found five cases. Yeah, out of the 170 that I looked through yeah. earlier today. Yeah, I, I found five cases, at least that were notable. That's, and some of those... in the United States. Some yeah. of those I couldn't even uh, find. A lot of the most popular ones are outside of the U.S., actually. Yeah, in Australia. Huh. Uh, Australia has a ton. Like Catherine Knight. Australia yeah. is a beautiful country. I though. think it was Catherine. Knight. The one there was that one where the girl, uh, or the there was like nine kids killed in a shooting uh, of a family annihilator. It was like nine kids. I can't remember exactly, but it was uh, it was in Australia. But yeah, okay, family annihilators. The key characteristics of a family annihilator: fifty five percent are aged in their thirties, most likely to be a Caucasian man. It's usually the father, son, or brother of the victims. 
The children of the annihilator are usually too young to be in school. Or it'll be on a weekend or summer break. They do it whenever they know all the kids will be home. Uh, usually has no former criminal history or mental health problems. And usually they have a high profile, high paying job. And death is also usually carried out in a violent manner, whether it be gunshot, knife, hammer. That's mainly for the men. Uh, Because if anyone knows about the profile of female killers, nine times, most of the times they choose non-violent, I can't say non-violent. Strangulation. Strangulation, poisonings, drownings, stuff that doesn't cause a mess. Like a Black Widow murderer will poison her husband. Well, I mean, that, that can be considered non-violent. Yeah, I, I mean, like, it's, it's violent because someone dies, but not... Um, it's not a violent act. They, if it doesn't make them bleed, they usually stay away. They they use something like that. Most women, there's, a, there's two cases of the ones I looked at where they use a gun, but uh, the others were, there's one strangulation, two drownings, and uh, two gunshots. Yeah. So, but typical profiles of women anyway, it's usually they stay away from blood because I guess it's like a maternal instinct of not making a mess. I don't know. I don't know. That's what the profile says, I though. I think, yeah, I apologize to all of our female viewers for this, but I think it's, maybe they're like, I could make it look like an accident so somebody else can take him away because I can't pick up this big bastard. Yeah, or it could be they're worried about having someone having to clean up after them because their whole life they're having to clean up after all these shitty-ass fucking kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, back to them having money and well-off. They I usually have a good, good job. I think that's hmm. chalked up to greed. Like they have, Potentially. They have all this money and they want it all to themselves. They don't want a family getting in the way of their money. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, a lot of, there's there's a couple of key drivers. It's usually um, divorces. Uh, they get kicked out of their home. Right. You know, they, they get a divorce. The husband gets kicked out and they're like, nah, bitch, that's my house. Um, they get children, the children taken away from them. So they're like, if I can't have them, no one can right. type thing. Or they'll try to hide their financial problems. I've seen that happen a couple of times in cases where they can't cope with the fact that they can't take care of the kids. So they think it's like the the story I'm going to read or the, I guess, story, whatever, of the female one that I did find. She killed her kids. She had six kids and she killed them because she couldn't take care of them. And she thought, hey, I can't afford to feed them, so I'll kill them out of love. And then try to kill herself, but it didn't work. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> Dick. So there's four categories of family annihilators. There's the self-righteous, which is the most common. Self-righteous family annihilators often hold the wife responsible for the breakdown of the family. They're often overly dramatic and tend to choose to carry out their murders on dates that are important to the family. They tend to be unsure in their roles as a provider in the family and are threatened by their wives' careers or financial windfalls. I think I have the mm. biggest dick in the house. Yeah. So, an example of this is Robert Farquharzen. Farquharzen? Farquharzen. 
We'll talk about him later. But he killed all three of his sons on Father's Day by driving them into a dam after his wife left it. Another shitty tie? You got me another shitty tie? (laughs) (laughs) Then there's the disappointed. So the disappointed family now later believes that they've done right by the family, but the family has not done right by them. For example, a child can come out as gay or oppose the family's religious beliefs. Honor killings are usually placed in this category. So there was Muhammad Riaz. He killed his family by setting the home on fire after his daughters became westernized. Hmm. Just thanks. Thank you, Britney Spears. Yeah. (laughs) Just because they become like Americanized. What the fuck? Well, there's a lot of countries that don't. Fuck they, India. They, fuck they, fuck they every. They don't like us. Fuck every law in India. Oh, look at them mm. with all their freedom. You show a leg, you get put in prison. No, you get to cut the fuck off. Like stealing. An actress, an actress got steal. put in prison because she wore a dress that showed her back. Do you really? She, she like had, recently? Yeah, it was like like, like uh, I saw the Philip DeFranco show. Damn. Yeah. Uh, well, this this was a couple years ago, but there's a, a musician named Heli Love. She's uh, from Iraq, Afghanistan, yep. somewhere around there. Are you talking about the rapper? Yes. Yeah. Heli she Love. bad. She bad as fuck. She's fine too. She shows it off. Yeah. <laughs> but she's been threatened by ISIS. Yeah. 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 That they were gonna fucking kill her. She has to hide. Like she can't. She doesn't live like with Iraqi cities citizens. I believe. I think she lives with like. At some like camps or some shit like like I don't know she she has to stay away from the government and ISIS because yeah. she she was talking shit about ISIS in her songs because mm. I mean she's she's an Iraqi and she like loves her country or whatever you know what I mean and she makes songs and she's dissing ISIS and ISIS is like ah ha 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 stop it stop it anyway anyways <laughs> so the third is the Anomic family annihilator. They see the family as an extension of their own success. So the success eludes the family, bankruptcy, public scandal. The family is no longer serving their function. So John List, he killed his mother, wife, and three children to hide the fact they had financial problems. Hmm. They feel like they're not man enough if they can't support their family. So they think they're better off murdering their whole family instead of not being able to buy them food. (laughs) Okay. He probably, probably thinks is, you know, I can't feed you, you're going to go hungry, so... Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah. Yeah. Blah, blah. And then there's the paranoid family annihilator. They see they see a threat to the family. They feel like they are protecting them by killing him. Examples are like, um, if a child will be removed by the legal system because they're unfit parents, or they will not gain child like access after a divorce... They'll kill the family so that no one can have them. It's just like the the mental question that you're asked. I I, I remember reading it from what it was like a Holocaust thing. Like this woman had a baby. They're hiding from the Germans. Baby started crying, so she had to mercy kill it to mm-hmm. save everybody else. I mean, she also would not want her baby to move. Go to the Nazis. No, because there's a book called Night. I think it's about the Holocaust. I think it's called Night. And it's very graphic about how they took care of babies in Auschwitz. They just put them on fire ant beds. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Or use them as cannonballs. Fucking Nazis, Mm -hmm. man. Yeah. Just that picture of uh, Joseph Goebbels. 
yeah. when, when he uh, found out the photographer was a Jew. Oh, yeah, yeah. Saw yeah. that. Terrifying. All right, so let's get into some of these family killers. We'll talk about him one day. That'd be like a three-parter. Yeah. Let's get into the family killers. So we have Christopher Watts. He's he's the big, big one right now, at least, because he's in mainstream media. So people are like, ooh, what's a family annihilator? You know, it's the same. That's the reason true crime is getting so popular is mainstream media starting to gravitate towards it because guess what it does? It gets people to click on shit. We don't sell we don't yeah. sell newspapers anymore. We sell clicks. That's what they want. They want clicks. What happens next will shock you. I'm so shocked. Uh who <laughs> <laughs> <I'm so dumb. laughs> David Spade, speaking of clickbait, David Spade said uh he had to find out uh who was it? He he was looking at the news and he came across one of those ads that was like this celebrity hates this fruit. Find out by clicking here. It will shock you. And he's like, I'm not going to fall for it. But he fell for it. Yeah. And then he, it, the article tells him about the celebrity's whole fucking life history. And then long story short, it's bananas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate that shit so much. YouTubers do it so bad. Mm-hmm. You won't believe what happened. This Fortnite Battle Royale video. And nothing happened. And the whole screen is just a bunch of big red question marks and an arrow pointing at how many kills they got, but they blur it out so you can't get fucking. And then his mouth is open like, whoa. Yeah, Fortnite. We like Fortnite. We like Fortnite. All right, let's talk about Christopher Watts. So it happened in Colorado. Uh, Main motive was he wanted a fresh start with his mistress, and he felt like it was a burden because they were about to have another child because she was pregnant. And there was four victims. So... So from the outside, Chris Watts looked like he had made it. You know, he was good. He had two beautiful daughters, Bella, age four, and Celeste, age three. His wife, Shannon, is it Shannon? Yes. Okay, Shannon was 15 weeks pregnant with a much-wanted baby boy. He had a successful job for a gas and oil company, and from the outside, the family had an idealistic life. But on the inside, they were crumbling. They had extensive financial problems, medical bills had stacked up, as Shanna had a severe case of lupus, they had previously filed for bankruptcy and their credit card bills were out of control. Shannon had a job working at a call center in her own small business in a multi-level marketing position. That's a fucking scam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that scam shit. Yeah. That's the extended warranty on your car shit. Apparently yeah. it was taking off, which was taking her away from the family on the odd weekend for meetings and training. Watts had supported his wife throughout her illness, and the couple were shocked when she first became pregnant as they'd been told it was nearly impossible because of the lupus. And that, and the second precious daughter came along soon after that. She was never supposed to have kids, so he was probably, like, he was probably happy as shit she wasn't supposed to have kids. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, fuck. You're supposed to help me here, lupus? <laughs> no. Uh, but when she told him that she was pregnant, there's a, the, the, you can still find the video. Oh, yeah? Uh, she did a video and post on Instagram. Hmm. Her Instagram's still up. Oh, really? Um, she posted on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Or Usually whatever. they take that stuff down when somebody dies. No, it's still there. Um, of her telling Chris that she's pregnant. And something I've been looking into a lot more recently is speech analysis. Mm-hmm. And he says something in the video where he's like, I guess it happens when you want it to. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. And just like further along, when we get to him doing a, a press conference, yeah, 
he keeps referring to them in past tense. Oh yeah, yeah. He doesn't say their names. He yeah. says, uh, "I wish I had them here. They should be here. Where are they?" Yeah, he wouldn't say anything. He wouldn't say Celeste. He wouldn't say Bella. None of that. So Chris Watts was tired of family life. He wanted to be a bachelor. He wanted a life free from constraints of raising children and being financially responsible. How old was he when this happened? Thirty something. Yeah. Fucking loser. Watts had started an affair with a coworker. He had told his mistress he was seeking a divorce from Shannon. Shannon had noticed her husband's suspicious behavior and confronted him repeatedly after noticing a restaurant, hotel, church, and the credit card. How? Get a new credit card. <laughs> get a prepaid. Like how? Get a prepaid. They always get caught from using a credit card. It's like you think your wife's not going to check that shit for real. Y'all are already broke as shit. She's probably checking that shit all the time. Like, yeah. Like, what can we afford this month? Yeah, and she, he's like, oh, you spending $100 on a hotel room. What's that for? Bitch, bitch lie to me. You know, good and goddamn well he wasn't spending $100 on a hotel room. True. I mean, maybe he was trying to make the the mistress feel like she was special. She was special. I don't know. Definitely. So, on the 13th of August, 2019, Shannon was returning home from a business trip in Arizona. She had her best friend, Nicole, pick her up from the airport and drop her at home. Nicole knew of their marital troubles and told Nicole that Chris didn't want another baby, and he felt that they were no longer compatible as a couple. Shannon also told her friend she didn't feel safe with Chris after what he said about the baby. And that was the last time she was seen alive. Later the same day, Nicole became concerned when Shannon failed to attend a prenatal appointment and was wasn't returning any text message or calls. She called the police. Police took went and did a farewell check of the family. The house was searched by police where they found Shannon's handbag, mobile phone, and car keys. Both the girls' car seats were also inside the home. I wonder what gave them why they were able to search the house. He let them. Oh, he let them in? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, a welfare check, you can't just kick the door in unless mm-hmm. you see something. I mean, if they saw her blood on the window, you know? Yeah, no, he let him. Okay. So the police started their investigation. Mm-hmm. The Watson neighbor had a surveillance camera that proved that Shannon had not left the house, but showed Chris Watts loading suspicious looking packages into the back of his vehicle. But Watts was unconcerned about his family's whereabouts. The footage showed him backing his truck up to the garage door, putting large packages in the back and a red gas can. Hmm. That's not suspicious. Not at I all. I do it all the time. But he was he was completely unconcerned about his family's whereabouts. He had unenrolled the girls from their preschool and had set up appointments to sell the home. He was also seeking deals for a holiday in Aspen. The police arrested Watts on suspicion. It subsequently what? confessed that Shannon had strangled the two girls and he had killed his wife in a fit of rage. Police located the bodies of Shannon and their two daughters in oil tanks at his place of employment. Now, let me let you me tell you all. You can elaborate on that. Let me tell you all. On those oil tanks, I don't I don't have the measurements for it, but it's not enough to put a body into. Yeah, they're like, like are we are we talking like the oil tanks? Oh, the ones you have to climb the ladder to. You know, the big ones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh oh, yeah, yeah he threw them yeah. in those, those big big ones. Yeah. You know. It's not enough for somebody to fit into. So not at all. He forced 
the bodies of his daughters into these small diameters. Yeah. It's just hate this guy yeah i hate look at his fucking pictures he looks like a fucking douchebag yeah, yeah it's all because he wanted to be a bad he even looks like an like look at him are you looking yeah. at the shirtless picture no i'm no. not no it's a family picture yeah if you find the shirtless picture, no it's the, the police I, yeah yeah he's got some of the douchiest fucking <laughs> tattoos yeah really so bad <laughs> he's got the sun tattoo god he's got i think travel shit he tried to <laughs> Destin. Destin. <laughs> he tried to get away with it though. He like what did he think? Like you don't. Uh, never mind. I can't advocate a foul someone to do a crime correctly. No. <laughs> <laughs> it, like he kills them and then immediately unenrolls them from preschool, puts the house up for sale, and tries to go on holiday for on ass. I mean, what the fuck? That's suspicious. Yeah. Like. Hey everyone, my, my my whole family's missing. Bye. I'm gonna go skiing. Yeah, that's been expensive, ho. Yeah, for real. It's like seven hundred dollars a day. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. Uh, but how he like, did eventually plead guilty to the murder of all three family members and his unborn son. He got sentenced to life without parole. Yeah, because he failed a polygraph. Like he failed the fuck out of it. Did <laughs> you did you kill your wife? Does he kids? not know they're no. not miscible? Why? They're I mean, if the proof is right there with the guy being like, oh, yeah, that was a big fat fucking lie. They're not admissible in court, though. If he, he, if he confessed he, afterwards. I mean, if he wouldn't have confessed, they couldn't use the polygraph. No. Right. They, they would. They could know he did it, but they would have. It can give you, I think polygraphs can give you PC, but they can't be used in court. Yeah. I think it's how but they I, work. After the, they can't be used in court. Yeah, I know they can't be used in court, but I think they're, they give you PC. They're not reliable enough. Yeah. No. Um, because you can you can trick them. There's oh, yeah. ways to trick them. You can trick fucking fake handler. that shit. Yeah. You trick the handler. Yeah, if you... Uh, Answer the same question with two answers inside the same question. It's doable. Yeah, like, but no. Just be Australian and say, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, did you kill her? Yeah, no. Is your name Joseph? Yeah, no. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but did you kill a woman? Yeah, no. I mean, you know, yeah, uh, sure. I was I was down to Bobby and uh, <laughs> fucking cunt. Anyways, the, <laughs> the the investigator probably came to him and said, "Yeah, Chris, you uh, failed the shit out of this polygraph." And he's like, "I did it." Yeah. But the way they found the bodies, or body of uh, did Shannon, he say tell them? They sent out a drone and they came across uh, a sheet out in the middle behind the oil place or whatever. <laughs> the art of, art of wolf, whatever it is. Uh, they found the sheet and they went to it and found out that it matched the sheets that were taken from the home. Under the sheet was a shallow grave. Or, no, they found the sheet and then told Chris that he failed the test. He confessed and then took him, took them yeah. to the grave. And then he's like, yeah, my daughters are in those barrels. Those big oil tankers. Yeah. And they found uh, Shannon in a shallow grave. And a t-shirt, bra, and panties, which seems to me kill him not before. Yeah. In the evidence locker, they had the t-shirt, the bra, and the panties. But the sheet, there is a video of them putting it up in the wardrobe in the police department. And there's a female officer that is sick to her stomach. Oh, yeah. Like, she's, you know, gagging. Yeah. Because the another cop that was with her is like, this is going to be the smelliest piece of evidence we've ever had because... Yeah. Th- it's terrible. A lot of yeah. lot of uh, dead things stink. But yeah, during the press conference that he did, like, where's my family? He wasn't wearing his wedding ring. 
Yeah. Hmm. He already taken it off. He probably took it off a while back, too. Oh, yeah. He's like, uh, you know, I don't need it. I won't need it soon. But, Chris, if you're listening, you're a bastard. I don't think they I let him. I doubt Chris, you're a bastard. Yeah, fuck that guy. I'm going to write him a letter and tell him he's a bastard. All right, who else we have? We have Scott Peterson. Oh, God. This was California. His motive was basically the same. He wanted a new start with his mistress, and he had the birth of a child. Victims were his wife, Lacey Peterson, and this their unborn son, Connor. Which was a huge case in the 90s. Yeah. Okay. They still haven't found her body, I think. Really? I'm not sure. So, Lacey Peterson was eight months pregnant with a baby boy when she went missing just before Christmas. It was Christmas Eve. Her husband, Scott Peterson, said they had left to go fishing Berkeley Marina. He had told other people he had planned to go golf on Christmas Eve. Scott said that when he left home, Lacey was about to take the dog out for a walk. Later that day, Peterson's dog was found wandering with a leash attached. There was no sign of Lacey. Wait. He said he went golfing? He said he was supposed to, he planned to go golfing on Christmas Eve. And then he said when he left to go golfing, Lacey was taking the dog out for a walk. Because I remember hearing something about a boat. That was, uh, yeah, he said he had left to go fishing. And he had told other people he planned to go mm, golfing. Okay. Two different stories for the same thing. Yeah. He's trying to cover his ass, but fucked up. So Scott Peterson returned home later in the day. There was no sign of Lacey, even though her vehicle was in the driveway. At 5.15 p.m., Scott called his mother-in-law and Stacy's stepfather. They called the police. The police arrived to find the dining room table of the Peterson house was fully set for Christmas. Lacey's purse, keys, and sunglasses were on the bench. A huge, huge scale search was undertaken looking for her. But Scott didn't seem worried, and this obviously worried the police. If you're wife pregnant wife's missing you should be a little bit worried would you be worried i'd be be a little bit worried i'd be a little worried i'd be a little worried you know after a few weeks and still no sign of Lacey, a member of the public amber frey called the police why do i say police like that police i say police every fucking time because you're from the hood she couldn't understand why her husband her boyfriend scott peterson was on the television billboards looking for his wife Peterson had told his mistress, Amber, he was single. He had also told her he was in Paris at the time. All of this while Scott was attending a memorial service for his wife. Police had Amber tape multiple phone calls with Scott, trying to get him to confess to the murder. And Amber fully cooperated with police and recorded 27 hours of recordings whilst not try- while trying not to let him know the police were on to him. That's a lot of fucking phone calls. For real. So, in April, the remains of a male fetus washed up ashore near where Scott Peterson had been fishing. The next day, the partial remains of a female washed up, no head, no arms, or legs. DNA proved that the remains were that of Lacey Peterson and their unborn son. So, they did find her and the unborn baby okay. in the ocean. Well, no head, arms, or legs, but they can... Yeah. yeah they, they Can't do that mob shit no more. No face, no case. Peterson was arrested soon after as he had changed his appearance and police feared he would try to get it you know run away he had with him camping equipment four cell phones he grew out a goatee and dyed his hair blonde he was eventually charged with two counts of murder he just looked like a douchebag yeah like imagine this dude with blonde hair for real god he looks like such an asshole oh my god Although no forensic evidence could put him, could he could, blah. 
You know what words are? Yes. It's, uh, the no fris- forensic evidence it. could prove that he did it. And he yes. can't fucking read. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, being able to read and being articulate are two different things. Still yeah. articulate. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> he says, okay, although no forensic evidence can be found for the murders, it was overwhelmingly overwhelmingly circumstantial evidence that put him behind bars. The fact he had a girlfriend who knew nothing of life, the fact that he went fishing when she disappeared, and the contents of the tape telephone calls, Peterson had also taken out a $250,000 life insurance policy on his wife. The prosecution for the case says the reasoning for the killings were that Scott and Lacey had increased debt, the pressure of a child, and Scott's desire to be single again. Mm, no ideas, Dustin. Apparently there's a video of... The police that the police took of Scott Peterson reacting to his wife's disappearance. Oh no! What? what? Yeah, she's gone. He probably looked like a clickbait she, YouTuber. She's dead. <laughs> he probably looked like a clickbait YouTuber. <laughs> wow! Ah, uh, hitting the Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> Jeepers, man! <laughs> she's dead. Wowzers! Yeah. Well, slap my ass. <laughs> Bunch of fucking shitheads, dude. Next, next shithead. Next John List, New Jersey, United States. This is going to be news to me because I've never heard of this guy. Never heard his name. I read a little bit about it. So he wanted a fresh start and he killed five people. Yet again, fresh start. Yep. So John List lived with his wife and three children in Westfield, New Jersey. John worked as a laboratory tech and he had a master's degree in accounting. That feels like that doesn't match up. At all. He would now? He's a lab tech, but he has a master's in accounting. Why is he not an accountant? Because you make more being a lab tech? Yeah, because I have a friend that has an accounting degree. And she's just like, what am I going to do? Be an accountant. Work at H&R Block for three months out of the year? (laughs) True. (laughs) She said uh, she should have chose a different major, but she was already locked in. Yeah. Yeah, that shit happens way too much, people. If you can't figure out what you want to do in college, it's psychology. You can work at a bank. I mean, yeah, Lacey, right? Yeah, she works at a bank. Yeah. Hmm. Best teller ever. Yeah. Teller. But you can, like, work at, like, one of the little offices at a bank with a degree like that. I don't fucking know. John List, in 1965, he accepted the position of vice president and comptroller at a bank. Lucrative position allowed the family to move to a 19-room Victorian mansion in a swanky area. Damn. What does swanky mean? Uh, Fancy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like This uh, was 1965. Bitch, lavish as fuck. Swanky like gauche. Like, yeah, okay, okay. Helen, John's wife, had been a long-term alcoholic. When they moved, John's mother, Alma, also moved in with him as she needed additional care. I mean, they got 19 fucking rooms, so... I move into a 19 room mansion. My mother in law is not moving. Hell no. I'm going to have like six bathrooms that only I can pee in. (laughs) (laughs) Edit this out, but if your mother in law moves in with you, it's going to be like, needs to get off his ass and get a job, even though you own a 19 room Victorian mansion. Yeah. It's be like, I'm not happy here. Trust me, someone's dying. I'm not Yeah, you're going to be a fucking family annihilator. <laughs> Leave that in, it's fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Bringing out the cult. 
Y'all want some Kool-Aid? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on the 9th of November, 1971, whoever wrote this is definitely not United, from the U.S. Okay. John shot his wife, Helen, in the back of the head. He then shot his mother through the eye. When his children arrived home from school, he shot each of them in the back of the head. John made himself some lunch, then went to his appointment to close his bank account and, the, and his mother's bank account. He then went to watch his eldest son, John Jr., play a soccer game at a school. Once he had driven his son home, he shot him repeatedly in the chest and the face. Damn. Damn. Like nothing happened. He went and watched his son's soccer game after he just murdered four four people. Yeah, just watched kid balls, kick balls, run, yum, yum, yeah. I mean, fucking Ronnie DeFeo took a shower and went to work. Yeah. 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 The bodies were all placed in the ballroom of the mansion. They had a fucking ballroom. <laughs> it's a mansion. Where's this house at? Uh, New Jersey. I want to go. It's a swanky mansion. I bet it's fucking haunted. Probably. Yeah. yeah, five people. Children especially. Yeah, children were murdered. I have to discuss something with y'all. No children ghosts. Nah. I'm no. good on that. <laughs> I have to discuss something with you two after, uh, after we get done with this. It's something I learned recently. It's kind of fascinating. Keep going. <laughs> okay. So... Sweet. He he drove John Jr. home from his soccer game and then double-tapped him. The bodies were all placed in the ballroom of the mansion, except for his mother, who he had moved to the attic. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> he penned a letter to his local pastor explaining he saw too much evil in the world and had killed his family to save their souls. Ah, uh, one of those. John then removed his face from every photograph in the house, meticulously cleaned the crime scene, and disappeared. The bodies of the family were not found until about a month later. This yeah. was due to the fact that John had stopped the milk and newspaper deliveries and advised the kids' school that they would be away for an extended period of time. The neighbors finally called the police when they noticed the lights in the mansion were on both day and night with no sign of movement. Police found John's car in the car park of the airport in New York. Okay, what month was this? It happened in November. Okay. Oof. God, a month and... It's like the perfect time to say they're going to be gone for a month. Yeah. It's Christmas, Thanksgiving, all right. that stuff's coming. Just a month in Jersey. God, just spending a month. In Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have any New Jersey listeners? Fuck, I don't know. Oh, oh Jersey. Oh, yeah, act, like I, act like I give a shit. So um, after they, you know, the bodies were finally found a month later, uh, there was no sign of John for 18 years. Really? God. Damn. You see, John changed his name, changed how he looked, and moved to Denver, Colorado. He dyes hair blonde? I don't know. <laughs> he then married a woman and settled in Virginia. When the case appeared on America's Most Wanted in 1989, a neighbor recognized the confidence of John and called the police. A fingerprint matched proved his identity. And then when the case went to trial, Liz said that the pressure of having a wife with alcoholism, financial difficulties, and losing his prestigious job at the bank had all contributed to his actions. To hide the fact that he was unemployed from his family, he spent his days in a train station. <laughs> his wife, Helena, had also contracted syphilis from her first husband and had pretended to be pregnant to trick him into marriage. Damn. The untreated condition had turned an attractive woman into an unkept and paranoid recluse. The court psychiatrist testified that John List had a p obsessive compulsive personality disorder, but he was still convicted of five counts of first degree murder, where he died in prison at the age of 82. 
shit. He got away with that shit for 18 years. 18 years. What's the dude from America's Most Wanted? What's uh, his name? John Walsh. Yeah, he just had to fuck this dude's day up. <laughs> <laughs> what was like the intro of America's Most Wanted? Do you remember? What does he say? More. I can't remember what he says. It was... I don't know. I didn't watch that. I was more into Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, true, true, true. Yeah. Because ghosts and aliens and shit. This yeah. Is just like people that were killing people. But, you know, John Walsh started that show because his son was murdered. Really? Yeah, his son, Adam. That. Yeah, his son yeah. was murdered, so. And they did. Yeah, I got clout. Let's solve this shit. Uh, I mean, it was kind of tragic. He had to look at his uh, <laughs> eight, nine-year-old Sick. I can't. Young child's yeah, child dead body. <laughs> yeah, to identify him. So he's, he's yeah, America's Most Wanted. Hmm. That's pretty cool though. All right, next guy is John Sharp. We're going down to Australia. Australia. So he killed his family because they were he. There was the burden of an additional child and to hide the sexual abuse of his daughter. He ended up killing three victims. <laughs> Excuse you. Are you trying to send a hint? No, I haven't. <clears throat> no, I actually had something in my throat. Okay. John Sharp and his wife, Anna, had been arguing. They were arguing a ton lately. Anna was pregnant with their second child, but John didn't give a shit. He didn't attend the ultrasound, and he hardly even murmured a response when Anna told him the sex of the baby. John had struggled with the birth of their daughter, Gracie, a few years back. Gracie had hip dysplasia. Dysplasia, which meant she had to be strapped into a corrective harness. This made Gracie irritable. She cried a lot. Kids cry a lot, but I can imagine if it was worse. She had trouble eating and trouble sleeping to the point where she had to have professional help with eating and sleeping. Jesus, that sucks. Yeah. What is hip dysplasia? Your hips are fucked up. Yeah. They're like (laughs) formed weird. They formed weird. Okay. It's just like, uh, you remember the kid from Stranger Things, Dustin? He's got dysplasia with his face, his teeth. Oh, okay, I yeah. got you. Yeah. I'm guessing something's displaced. It's not fully formed yet. Like with kid from Stranger Things, his baby teeth never grew in. So by the time they do grow in, he's older. Then they'll fall out, and then it's the same thing with your hips. Your hip bones, the balls, don't form properly. Gotcha. And they still are forming as They're you're growing. They're not forming where they need to be. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, I'm dumb. Um, so John was disillusioned by both his wife, At least I believe, who wore the pants I'm in his family. Doctor, I'm a scientist. And Sorry. his child, who did nothing but cry. He didn't want another child, so you know what he did. What? Fucking he took him. care of that shit. No face, no case. <laughs> <laughs> in 2003, John Sharp went down to the local fishing supply store and he bought a spear gun. Hell well, yeah. He went Viking. <laughs> <laughs> he spent hours in the backyard firing the gun, practicing, learning how it worked. He, had, he hadn't shown any interest in spear fishing before this. So on 23rd of March, 2004, the couple argued yet again before bed. John casually got up, retrieved the spear gun from the shed, and fired it into his wife's temple. Damn. Shit. But she didn't die. Wow. Damn. So John fires second spear into Anna's head. This one had this one killed her. I would hope. <laughs> <laughs> he covered Anna's body with towels and went to the bed on the downstairs sofa side. Sofa bed. So he he killed her, 
covered her up and just went and slept downstairs. The next day, he took Gracie to daycare, and when he got home, he tried to pull the spears from his wife's body, but could only remove part of them. He then buried her in the backyard, and he went to the fishing supply store to purchase more spears, because they were stuck in her face. Imagine the first on. one. Yeah. Just goes through like, ah, I got a headache. <laughs> that happened. Right through a, her a woman, A woman yeah. shot her husband in the face. He woke up the next morning complaining of a headache, went to the hospital, and they found out the bullet was lodged in his face. Jesus Christ. Just yeah. imagine being that woman, though. Yeah, she like, thought she did it. Just be like, oh, honey, I'll get you some Tylenol. Ah, I gotta go to the hospital. Have this bullet get here. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Women, man. <laughs> Six days after killing his wife, John put Gracie to bed, and he downed a few potent alcoholic drinks. He loaded the new spear and fired it into Gracie's skull. Gracie screamed, John went running to grab the two spears he had removed from his wife and fired both into Gracie, but she still lived. So he pulled one of the spears out of Gracie and again shot the spear into her head. He bundled her body into a garbage bag and disposed of it at the local transfer station. This four-year-old? How old is this child? Alright. He's got both your kidneys. Yes. Sorry, we had to take an edit. Where we had a conversation. <laughs> yeah, there. Uh, we had a problem, so we're uh, we're back. Problems. We're back. We got this. Okay. So where were we? Um, child just took four spears to the face. Okay. So he bundled up her, bundled her up in a garbage bag, disposed of her body at the local train station, transfer transfer station. John then pretended that Anna had taken Gracie and gone to live with Anna's new lover. Anna's family, they were suspicious. It wasn't It wasn't like Anna. I wonder if it's Anna or Anna. Whatever. It wasn't like Anna never to call. Then Anna's mother received a bunch of flowers from Anna with a note. Her mother then knew something terrible had happened. Why would... Australia? This dude's dumb. It took two months for police to start the investigation into the disappearance. And then finally, after multiple police interviews, he admitted to the murders. John Sharp told police he had killed Anna because she was moody and irritable and tended to be controlling. He said their marriage was loveless. Police believe that Sharp may have killed Anna because she uncovered the sexual abuse of Gracie by her father. The bodies were recovered and Sharp was sentenced to two consecutive life terms of imprisonment. He resides in protective custody due to ongoing threats of harm by other prisoners. Australia don't play. Uh, Australia is the place where the devil just drops off his pets. Yeah. True, they are technically all criminals. They're all born criminals. They're by history, they're all criminals. Except for the Irwins. They <laughs> are a gift. Alright, we got one more. Well, technically two more. The last one I'm going to go over quickly. It's a female. Uh, this one, we got Robert Farquharzen. Whatever. Uh, it's F-A-R-Q-U-H-A-R-S-O-N. Farquharzen. Robert Farquharzen. Fark you. Fark you. Fark you. Fark you. Yes. Robert Fuckwad. Let's go. He's another Australian. And he wanted to punish his ex-wife for move took as she moved on. Aww. So he was pissed. Aww. He and his wife Cindy had separated a few months 
pack. He didn't take it well. He was prescribed antidepressants, saw a psychologist to deal with the breakup. But now, Cindy got a new man. They would never be together again. She would have lived with her new man in his house with his sons, and they were driving the good car. All he drive, he all he drove was a crappy com- Commodore. I don't even know what the fuck a Commodore is. So how dare she? She got everything, and Robert perceived that he got nothing. Robert wanted vengeance. He wanted Cindy to pay. So this bitch left him, got a new man, took his house, his kids, and the good car, and had the new man living in the house. And he wasn't playing that shit. He didn't give a fuck. So on Father's Day in 2005, Robert Farquharson did the unthinkable. He was due to drop his three sons back to Cindy. He never arrived. Instead, he drove his car with his three sons strapped into the back into a cold, dark, deep dam. He then flagged down the first car he could find. Instead of calling the police, Robert only wanted to do one thing, see Cindy. The driver dropped Robert off at his ex-wife's cindy's home where he knocked on the door and when cindy answered he said i've killed the kids cindy's new partner partner flew to the dam and tried desperately to save the boys but it was too late the vehicle was retrieved from the water at 2 a.m the next day all three boys were still inside the vehicle although jay the eldest son was out of his seatbelt, it is believed he tried to get his brothers out of the car Robert told police he had a coughing fit and blacked out. That's why the cars ended up in the dam. However, a few months before that, he had told May he intended to kill his children to get back at his wife. He was charged with life imprisonment with a 33-year minimum. Yeah. Kill the kids to piss off the wife. I mean... Anyone, anyone that uses their children as weapons against their exes, that shit pisses me off so much. Don't use your children. Um, Brent, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I gotcha. Anyway, there's there's other notable cases. Let's talk about this girl real quick. So, um, her name, uh, Kua Her. Kua Her. This happened in 1998. Kua yes, Kua Her, K H O U A H E R. That's her name. Kua Her. So she was a 24 year old Hmong refuge living in Minnesota with her six children. So Hmong is like, it's a like status. It's it's people from Southeast Asia, like Laos, Thailand, Laos, Thailand, stuff like that. But they're not like from that. I don't know how it works down there but this girl was from laos okay she had six kids and she had recently separated from her husband and she was living in a housing projects on her own with six kids the kids were i'm not gonna try and pronounce their names so you had an 11 year old a nine year old a nine year old a seven year old a six year old a five year old she was 24 years old she was apparently she had an arranged marriage when she was 13 and they ended up moving to the United States. She was broke as shit, had no money, financial stress, living in property. She had uh, had a couple of translator jobs, production jobs. She was often ridiculed by her husband because she was working late, neglecting her motherly duties. So 
she she had called her children in front in from outside one by one into the house where she strangled each one of them. She made them all go outside and she was like one by one called them in there and strangled them. I think it was like a uh, some type of cloth strangled them all to death. And in court, she said she tried to kill herself because she wanted to be with her children. Then you shouldn't have killed them. Yeah. She claimed to have killed out of love. She had recently been considering suicide and was worried about the fate of her children. If I died, then nobody would love my children. Her, she was, I, that, that hurts me. Her last name's her, right? But the sentence reads like her was arrested. It should it should be she was arrested, but that's her fucking name. So her was arrested and charged with six counts of homicide. She pled guilty and was sentenced to thirty three years in prison. Thirty three years for six counts of homicide. Pretty much, yeah. She's guaranteed to get out. Yeah, she she will get out and live. Uh, 1998. It's actually getting pretty close. It's like 10 years. She basically said that there was too much. She there was just too much to handle to have six kids. That she was she was a single mom with no one to turn to, and she is not a bad person. She just killed her kids. Yeah, not a bad person, by the way. Just murdered my children. Yeah. That that's uh, there's a couple of other female annihilators. There's this like 99 page report someone did that I didn't get to look through all of it, but there's a lot of them. There was one lady, um, a lot of the females that were sentenced got away. I wouldn't say got. I can't say get away with it. A lot of them got. Got off They were they were. Not they got off light, but they got sentenced to. They got sentenced not guilty by insanity because of their postpartum depression or uh, just apparently not good brain. There was like three cases that got away with it because of insanity. There's one. What's her name? What's her name? What's her name? Um, Andrea Yates. Do you remember her? Yeah, she she killed her four sons and her daughter Mary by drowning them all. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't. I'm not really going to cover her because I think she's an interesting case to cover by itself. Uh, there's a lot of information out there about her, but I think that's all I have on family annihilators for now. Um, be scared of men. Honestly, don't trust them. Any of them, especially white men. White men with beards. I'm surrounded. <laughs> don't trust 30 year old white men don't get married white men in their 30s <laughs> why are y'all looking at me <laughs> you are a white man in your 30s I... luckily you're not married I object well you two have families and I got time <laughs> <laughs> uh, insert last name Frihinowitz yes Joseph Frihinowitz <laughs> yeah um that's it. That's all. Right? White people are evil. Fuck white people. 
Actually, one of my, the most interesting case of Family Annihilators I didn't cover, it's actually Marcus Wesson. His name's up on the board because I want to talk about him in depth because he he created a cult out of his family. He had 20 kids. Damn. He's a big black dude. Really big black dude. And he, he had, his his family was like, was cult-like. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's so much good, like, juicy stuff on him. Juicy. Like, when he murdered his family, police were outside. Yeah. Yes. So, TLDR. So, police get called for a domestic dispute. Mm -hmm. He comes outside. He talks to the police. And he's like, ah, nothing going on. You know, blah, blah, blah. You know, we're good, you know. Uh, Police, for some reason, let him back inside. Police, to this day, claim that they didn't hear anything from inside the house. Outside. You'll obviously hear a gunshot. Oh, yeah. They didn't find a silencer inside. But other bystanders that are nearby said they heard shots. Because the police, but police, yeah, police say they didn't hear shots; they heard shots. So people are screaming, saying, "We hear shots!" So they go in. He had killed nine of his family members, nine kids that were there. Tried to cover it up, saying his uh, the oldest daughter or his wife, whichever whichever it was, had went crazy and killed everyone. He killed her. But in the big living room they had, where all the the bodies were just like in the living room, it looked like a fucking firefight, just murder all over the place, lining the walls with caskets. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. I want to talk about Marcus Weston more. He's fucking wild. Sounds like we're already dead. We'll, we'll no, talk about that. in depth because he's his his shit's wild. As uh, my uh, people say, he was a who? What do you mean, your people? What do you mean, you people? <laughs> white motherfuckers. That's what I mean. I'm not white. I'm Irish. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Irish isn't a race, is it? No, it's not. It's a nationality. I was good. I was like, hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. I'm gonna talk you. We're ending this. We done. We out here. Cuh. Peace. I don't know why that makes me laugh. What? Cuh. Cuh. What's up? <laughs> Get out of my haberdashery. <laughs> Cuh. All right, we're done here. We're we're, <laughs> oh, we're going to get out of here. Uh, I appreciate everyone listening. Oh, big shout out to Chris. Yes, Chris. Chris the homie. You got nice toes. Chris the homie Graham. That's my homie right there. I'd probably kiss him in the mouth. <laughs> sure. I. Pretty blue eyes. We appreciate y'all. Uh, shout out to uh, my friend Dara. Shout out my uncle. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Dara. I hope we make you giggle like I giggle. <laughs> Bro, today it's been another giggle day. <laughs> yeah, uh, sometimes you meet friends under the weirdest circumstances. True. You meet them at a show. Sometimes you meet them at a mall. Sometimes True. you meet them at a metro truck or two. Yeah. <laughs> True. Uh, Dara, you're going to get through this and we love you. Yep. We love you. All right. Let's cut it off before y'all get fucking weird.
No, I gotta actually outro the podcast. What you mean? That is the outro. No, I gotta plug all my shit. No, I will tell you a very good outro. No. <laughs> we have to plug everything at the end of the episode. Uh, yeah. uh, we can't just cut it without saying, hey, give me money on Patreon. We can't do that. So <laughs> hey, give us money. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com slash the torn page. Uh, support us so we can get better equipment and um, maybe get some McDoubles if we have extra. Uh, follow us on Twitter. I am at LasersGG. Yes, I started posting on Instagram. Instagram.com slash the torn page pod or at the torn page pod. I started posting uh, as we upload stuff. I might post something on. Ooh, I got an idea. Okay, yeah. Uh, follow the Instagram. Is that what you do? You follow it? I don't follow. I don't care. Yeah, just uh, ch- check the Instagram out. Yeah, uh, follow the Twitter at the Torn Page Pod. We're not very professional with this. I don't know. Anyways, thank you everyone for listening. <laughs> what the fuck it shows? Uh, we love you all, every single one of you. I will kiss you on the nose. And always remember: be rooting, be tooting, but more importantly, be shooting.